Hello, Henrietta. Hi, Jason. Welcome to The Conversations with Jason Campbell and Henrietta Galena. We are back from our London visit, our podcast in London. Yep, we had the honor of being invited to the Courtauld Institute of Art to do a live episode. I'm excited to release that. It was good. It was really good. It was really good. Rebecca, thank you again. We really enjoyed that. We enjoyed the the students and the faculty at Courtauld and we had a great, we had a great conversation. So we will be releasing that. Absolutely. Um, What are we talking about on this bright, beautiful summer day? Well, we are talking about couture. And I know some may think that that couture, I thought that was uh, an extinct industry. Well, it isn't. Well, before before I, I launch into it, let's ask the question. What is the role of couture in the current fashion climate? Does that, does, does that sum it up? That's a great question. It's a really valid question. I think that's the question everyone's been asking because there has been a lot of fanfare and highlighting around couture in a way that I really can't remember particularly in this digital age i just can't remember couture having this much prominence well you know what here's the thing couture i used to go to the, to, to the couture shows quite uh regularly it, they've always been around they've never gone anywhere and they've existed obviously in this digital age and they've been broadcasted but i have to say since the the ready to wear industry has been upended, has been become something that people are not necessarily recognizing as fashion any longer. I think when you look over to couture, it has it has taken on a whole new importance. Yeah, couture is definitely living its best life at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I really do mean that. Because I think that fashion always had tears or 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 it had facets, right? So you had couture, you had ready-to-wear, you had contemporary, you had, like, high street, or I don't know what the American version of that word would be. (laughs) And I feel like everything's really been amalgamated to a point where, you know, what's, what's luxury fashion versus contemporary fashion versus high street fashion, it all looks the same. And I think couture is the one kind of untainted factor that is what it always is and it's so counter and contrary to everything that's been happening with the streetwear craze that I think that people are now really gravitating towards the purity of it and the ability to dream and this design factor and the rigor and a designer's ability to flex their design muscles and I think that it's gaining another a different resonance in a way that it hasn't before because I think now everything has gone one way and this is the one thing that feels very fashion okay I all of your points are um are accurate I think you cannot shortcut there's no shortcut to couture you have to the the work is there the work is done by hand you see the work you see the design details you see a process you see the fantasy there's a story and in many ways the rest of fashion have just been shortcutting their way to to product for the last decade and um and couture is not is not following the same the same thinking there but i wonder because it's like the whole thing about the streetwear element of like that becoming so pervasive and and so ubiquitous across the fashion landscape i'm wondering if that's a reaction as to why 
couture is doing so well or is it because we live in such a digitally connected world where we're just seeing it more it seems like it has more currency or I don't know it's or is it because like even from like a marketing or brand standpoint obviously that's like my side of things fashion weeks have become so saturated and so you see a lot of like ready-to-wear shows and collections um being presented during couture because it's it's kind of makes a bit more sense on the calendar as to as it pertains to seasonality for instance or um is it because also it's like a very big component of fashion but there's more mind share there so it's like if you're at acne or a proenza and you show during couture you're not caught in the in the fray of a saturated traditional fashion week ready to wear fashion week you have a bit more room to breathe and you have a bit more um well, I think you're introducing a, a, a different side of the conversation there. You're saying that some ready-wear designers are showing during Couture Week, therefore uh, garnering more attention because they're not caught up in the glut right. of the ready-to-wear presentations. Um, yes, that, that, But that's a big part of what I think why Couture's really blown up this season because the personalities from influencers right through to um, branded content that is, is, is proliferating throughout Couture that wasn't like that before before there wasn't really that access to couture it felt like something that was very exclusive that happened under closed doors whereas I think with other personalities and other brands showcasing there I feel like it just feels a bit more customer facing or audience facing than before it's funny that you're you're actually what I would say you're looking at the secondary story in this couture conversation I think I'm actually looking at it um, the the primary function of couture, that being, let's 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 talk about uh, Maisel Valentino, for example. Look at those operatic, grand shapes that were shown. That opulence, that 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 presentation, it it uh, it signaled aspiration and fantasy again. I I would really just looked at it as like, wow, this is a place that people can go. Uh, once again, and dream. I, I wasn't thinking about the the machinations of the industry and how ready to wear people were there, and then the couture was there. I was just like, no. I was just like, couture now sort of like stepped on this the stage again, where people were like, oh my god, this is fashion. Mm. You know, it's it, it somehow like has preserved the DNA of fashion, and it has reemerged, and people are like, wow, this thing you know it really love what i did there though because i was like the strategy behind why it's even doing well is and you're like no bitch it's just because people are excited about fashion again yeah and it was really funny that you went there actually but you know i appreciate that i appreciate that's so why i appreciate doing this podcast for you know how our minds work differently but i actually think and you haven't heard me say anything of anything pure in fashion for a long time but i happen to think is the is the purity and the 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 um, the word I'm looking for is like, is that it's, it's real. It's true. But, uh, true fashion. True, true fashion. Absolutely. I had dinner with a friend. Um, no, I was talking to a friend the other day. Yeah. Cause this is, it was very specific to the Margiela show. I was talking to a friend about the Margiela show and what was that even about? Cause I think it had a very different tone to the rest of the shows. Um, and, uh, you know, we were talking about the commentary on, like, consumerism and all of these kind of, like, fairly um, heady ideas. But she was like, but why? 
And I was like, you know, I feel like couture is a designer's ticket to flex their creative muscles in an age where people are designing for uh, an immediate customer, they're designing for buyers, they're designing for everything other than mm. their sartorial pleasure. This is where they get to really let loose. And it's probably a deal with their the, the owners of the company. Mm. Like, I will do whatever you need to do to sell product. You give me couture. And I almost kind of felt like, not that I know or have any kind of context, but it felt like that was almost like a deal that Galliano had made where he's like, you're going to let me live for couture. Oh. Exactly. And you see how there were no creative parameters at all. It was just like, I will do whatever I want to do. And let's be honest, in that in that um, Margiela show, as is the case with Galliano always, I mean, the amount of ideas that he sent down that the, the runway with all that bondage and and like sort of like a maybe I, I think Lee Barry is like the easier the easiest um reference to mention but I, I I didn't fully delve into all of the references but I just saw all this imagery that yeah. was like wow that it was just really challenging was. to the senses and exciting it really was I feel like in many cases Couture was very much a case of like this is my point of view in the purest form I do not have to compromise because I know that my couture client, the woman that is buying and spending tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on this, is coming to me for a one-of-a-kind, my-point-of-view type sartorial experience in a way that isn't for, you know, the mainline collections. And I think that was also what's really exciting. And while I don't have any numbers at all, I, I have to say the, the energy that I feel is that couture is landing in more on, on more bodies than, than before. I think that couture has managed to keep itself relevant and I think it's attracting a, a younger clientele as well. And I, I, I maybe that, maybe that's just a, a positive forecast, but I, I think, I think it is. In fact, you know, who made the statement recently, uh, Gian Battista Valley, Gian Battista Valley says that he has the youngest clientele of any couture house out there currently. I thought that was an interesting I believe state. that. I thought that was an interesting yeah. statement. And it's not only that he's getting a younger clientele, but I think that I just think a younger clientele full stop is con consuming couture for some of the reasons that we outlined before. It's like there's not many there are not many areas that you can go right now and stand apart in fashion by virtue of the price tag of some of these things. You're just you're 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 just buying into you're buying into something that no one else can touch. And look at look at Dolce & Gabbana, for example, with their Altamoda. They have made couture like a pop cultural event. I mean, my opinion is Dolce and oh, Gabbana I, need to not exist. Okay, well, please. I mean, okay. Let's let if we're <laughs> going to break down the sensibilities my of that. <laughs> if we're to break down the sensibilities of, of Dolce and Gabbana and all that like Italiana situation that is like based in I I I don't know what, but however, it's not even that. I just don't see eye to eye with uh, their ideology at the moment. Okay, fair, fair enough. Their ideology, but they have been able to sell a fantasy that mired in this sort of old world couture thing come modern day. Uh, dress up I think they've been managed they've managed to really update the I think they're thing. a very different case I think they're going to struggle with a younger audience to be honest because they're they not struggling they're selling to a younger audience and they have corralled them from Japan from Brazil from Russia and from the US look 
talk, look, oh, please, I have to challenge you here. They're not going to struggle with a younger audience because look at who the models for their shows are. They are the spawn of every celebrity, every aristocrat, every, every socialite. So they, they're ensuring, in fact, that their future is super bright with a clientele that they've already co-opted into their family. I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> I don't want to talk about them at all. But no, I think everything that you've said is completely true. I think that it allows, I think with everything that's happening, it really allows them to uh, flex creative muscles. What were we talking about uh, with digital? So you talk about the consumer. I actually wasn't thinking that it was this um, renaissance of the couture uh, consumer and client. I'm looking at it a little bit as a brand positioning tool. Like, let's just invest in what the fanfare is around couture because a lot of brands aren't really able to flex that muscle where they're speaking to the codes and the DNA and the purest point of view of what the brand is. It's a lot of kind of designing for the audiences, designing for the trends. And so what happens with couture is it is a positioning tool that allows you to say, authentically, this is who we are. This is, this harps back to certain codes. This harps back to so many ideas and ideals around the brand that you don't see because we're only making trainers and sweatshirts at the moment or you don't see because we're designing for no no <laughs> do you not think 100 not girl what are you thinking that you know bernard or no and 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 the powers that be at caring are like oh designer we just want to give you a laboratory yes per, to your point earlier about them being able to flex their creative muscles and in, in ways that they're not able to in other collections that they do yes 100 but my dear the motivation is economic the motivation is not ultimately creative yes there's wider room to play but it's not it's it's economic and i do think again maybe this is um irresponsible to sort of conjecture that um the sell-through is stronger but i have to tell you i i do feel that that energy the sell-through is there and that's what it's about not to say that it's not supported by this like um house identity thing that you're speaking about but no the, the motivation is economic. Do you not think uh, Chanel is selling couture through the nose? I don't they mean are. it across the board. I mean, there are brands like Valentino and Chanel and others who have an incredible couture clientele. Client. Like, for sure, they have women who money is of no consequence. I'm just talking about in terms of uh, what the real role and purpose is of couture. Um, as it pertains to a larger brand strategy, I do think there are some cases where it is a really great positioning tool to say, look, we are fashion, we have a credible design rigor and all of these things. It kind of resets this uh, design by numbers area we find ourselves in. And I I see your thinking, and I'm not saying that is. 100% 100% off the mark, but I, I, I still don't think that it's a Yeah, not in all cases. Not in for... all cases. I mean, there is more money in this in this industry than I could ever comprehend. By no means is it um, in all cases. Um, but, does couture, think... but does couture help to sell perfume? I yes, have no doubt. I have absolutely. no I have no doubt that that fantastical presentation at Valentino and you and the and, and people that see it yes that's gonna that's gonna um bring about but also I think we also I mean couture is it's interesting because it's like if you look at what Dior did or what Givenchy did or um what Chanel did it, I mean it was a very different beast to what like a Margiela did and I, I think that's what I'm talking about in terms of 
um, the actual wearability of like who that customer is. Like I think Chanel, for instance, it was a very beautiful, very wearable, like it was obviously one of a kind pieces, but I mean, it wasn't massively different to what he might create for a ready to wear show. I'm not talking about those things. I'm really talking about the pieces, the pieces, because the shows where they really went there. Like the Schiaparelli. Like the Margiela show was, it was beautiful and it was really powerful and the sentiment behind all of it was incredible. It's what gets Galliano at his best always. Mm -hmm. You're not actually seeing women going down the street. It's a very specific aesthetic that I think is, no, exactly. To your point of, you know, expression, but I'm saying it's, it, it could be argued that there is a positioning element to it where it's less of a commercial, commercially lensed endeavour, is what I'm saying. Fair enough, fair enough. And surely, as in the case of Galliano for Margiela, uh, yes, there was just a lot of creative um, play that was going on there that the, those couture outfits may not be uh, ready for <laughs> for most bodies around the world. But ultimately, though, I do think that that arena, there's a lot of young, you know, there's a lot of uh, smaller couture houses, Yanina Couture and Guy Pei and all. There's a lot of younger couture houses that ultimately they have targeted audiences that are loyal mm-hmm. and they, they, you know, they, they want to, they want designs at a level and Pay, price is no object, and they, they, they do patronize these, these, these businesses. 100%. I think that's one of the things that it really did highlight, which is that there is a law, it's still a loyal couture audience. This entire time, the last few years, definitely, we were thinking that it that was superfluous. <laughs> and that, that business was dead. It was like, no one's spending $200,000 on this dress. Right. And actually, what we're seeing is actually, no, there is a real resonance and a real loyal customer base of of people who are buying couture. And I think that is really interesting. And I think that as well as, you know, the actuals around the economics, the perceived value of couture is really interesting from, like I said, the other shows that are kind of migrating or the other brands, sorry, that are migrating to couture. And all of a sudden every mainstream influencer who's like at best basic, like <laughs> trying to be front row at couture, like and right. have some bland commentary on it. Like it's it's an interesting thing that people are trying to co-opt into. And you know that from when people and brands are trying to co-opt into something, it is something. It is something. But I have yeah. to tell you from um from all my years of going to couture shows, it is it's my it's my one of my favorite fashion weeks, if you will, because it is so it's so genteel. It's so, I know there's a certain, um, there's a certain calm and a certain finesse about the whole experience and it just doesn't have the harried, doesn't have the harried component that the the ready to wear shows, um, the ready to wear shows have. And you're just treated differently and it's a, it's a really lovely flame. Paris is like, you actually get to spend time, you know, with the people that are there because you don't have 25 shows in a day. So the, the culture around couture as well is really lovely. So for all these influencers that I see are now are now going there they do have um, room to breathe you know they can go to a couple shows a day and then they're lunching and grouping together taking their group shots I imagine it's not as much pay for play around Couture no no it's not as much pay for play but to to your point I think that sounds I've never been to Couture um, myself but that does sound 
really magical. It's almost exactly what you want Fashion Week to be. Precisely. You do a show and you have time to digest it and process what you've seen and have those conversations and really think about it as a design endeavor because there aren't those commercial mainstream constraints and pressures around a show. It, It has time to breathe and live and and I'm telling you, Couture's living its best life. No, no, I, I started it. out saying it's the truest thing. I love that statement because it's accurate. It's true. And that's why we seized upon it for this. Oh my God, let's go to Couture. Not the one in January though, because that will be dire. Let's go next year. Let's go, yeah. Let's go, yeah. Let's go next summer to Couture. It's really, it's lovely. It's lovely. Mm. Well, on that note. <laughs> we'll see you in July, in July 2019 for Couture. For Couture. From Paris. Bye-bye. <laughs> Time for something